You're listening to the Pastor to Pastor podcast brought to you by the 6-4 Fellowship, pastors committed to prayer and the ministry of the word. In today's episode, we'll be talking about how to overcome sin in the life of a pastor. Stay tuned for more. Welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast with Daniel Henderson. I'm your host, Robert Naughton. Today's question, Daniel, how do I deal with a persistent habit of sin in my life as a pastor? Thank you, Robert. I think uh, one of the key words in the question is habit. Obviously, there are uh, occasions throughout the day when we're tempted to sin, and none of us is without sin, and we all want to be fighting the good fight. But when a particular sin becomes a habit, that becomes, I think, a different issue. I think of one of the first things that we all know, but we need to do on a regular basis, is to see our sin the way God sees it, Uh, not by comparison, not grading ourselves on the curve based upon someone else's problem or what society says. But we all know the Isaiah 6 moment when Isaiah, a wonderful, godly, committed prophet, uh, saw himself in light of the character of God. And because his eyes had seen the Lord, he said, woe is me, I am undone, a man of unclean lips. I think that helps us to see the seriousness of our sin. And even David in Psalm 51 uh, made that acknowledgement against thee and thee only have I sinned. And uh, I think secondly, to, to see our sin ultimately is the violation of a loving relationship. I think we all know that sin is uh, the idea of missing the mark And, of course, the mark would be a standard of God's holiness. But I think the mark is also the great commandment, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And first and foremost, my sin violates a relationship with a loving God who has pursued me with a passion in mercy and in grace and who daily lavishes me with his love. And so again, it's not just violating a standard, it's violating the greatest, most glorious relationship known to mankind. But there's also that horizontal fact that if nothing else, my sin is going to rob me of spiritual power, spiritual fruitfulness, spiritual graces that are designed to be a blessing to my spouse, my friends, uh, my co-workers. And so see it as God sees it, sees it, see it as the violation of a relationship. And, and then I think we need to prayerfully consider uh, the deeper reality of what's behind that sin if it's habitual. Uh, obviously, for example, if it's anger, well, why am I so angry? And I remember a conversation I had with John MacArthur, who, whose wife uh, commented on how he had, had victory over anger. And his response to me is it probably was his theology because anger is a control mechanism. And if you have a high view of the sovereignty of God, you don't have to control a whole lot, right? So anger may be a need for control. That's often rooted in insecurity. It's a wrong theology. Uh, If it's lust, it may be rooted in uh, a desire for intimacy that has gone um, amok. And it may be rooted in something between you and your wife that's just not right and somehow in your mind is giving you excuse for Uh, lustful thoughts or uh, sinful patterns there. Uh, And so ask yourself the hard questions. You know, why is it I do this? Not just what am I doing, but why am I doing it? I think another one clearly is to use the power of the word. I mean, we say it often, but it's so true. How will a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word? And I honestly, personally, and to uh, 
Mather suggests, if there's an area of besetting sin, you've, you've got to memorize scripture that confront that particular sin and then keep those ever in your arsenal, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, uh, when the enemy of your soul comes against you with his fiery darts. Another thing is just cry out to God. Just just be desperate. Ask for God's help. And ultimately, that help, I believe, is the indwelling spirit, a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit who, on one hand, obviously convicts us of sin, who confronts our sin, who I think palpably lets us know that he is grieved with our sin. And if we are sensitive to that, we're even all the more reminded of what we've done to that wonderful divine relationship. But the Spirit of God is also the one who produces sanctification in us and takes that memorized word and applies it to those immediate moments of response and temptation and consideration of that sin. I think then finally to share uh, with a trusted confidant for accountability. And uh, obviously you don't wear that dirty laundry in the pulpit. You don't share it with broader groups, but you need to have someone in your life uh, for me, it was often the chairman of the elders or a, a just, again, a trusted friend with whom I could ask help and from whom I could get help. I remember what uh, John MacArthur said. I wrote about it in my book, Defying Gravity, concerning accountability. He said, if you don't win the battle on the inside, all the human accountability can be manipulated. You can say as much or as little as you want to say to anyone. You can play games with most people. And he goes on, he says, My greatest accountability lies with the Lord, to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is where my highest accountability lies, with the only one who cannot be deceived. Leaders need to realize that time and truth go hand in hand. I love that line, time and truth go hand in hand. Given enough time, the truth will come out. And so the accountability can't be superficial just for fear of the consequences or just so you can say, well, I tried to be accountable. It's really got to be deeper than that. But it is a mechanism God can use if you are going to be honest with yourself, honest with God, honest with the Holy Spirit, to also be honest with someone else who can call you on the carpet, who can ask you the hard questions in a relationship that's going to be authentic. And so I would say this is not a magic pill. Uh, We're all going to struggle as long as we are in this flesh. And Paul talked about that struggle in Romans 7. But as long as we're in this flesh, the the reality of our sensitivity to this world, the world's systems, the world's temptation, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, flesh, pride of life will be there. But I think these are some of the keys to overcoming habitual sin. And I pray that that will be helpful to the pastors listening because we all know we don't want to come to the end of the road realizing that we have squandered the opportunities to live in the joy of godliness or that we in some way have brought shame to the name of Christ and uh, trusting that we will all finish well and as men who are on a path of ongoing sanctification for the glory of Christ. Well, thank you, Daniel, and thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe to receive these on iTunes or at our website, 64fellowship.com. There you can also explore many other great resources on how to excel in prayer and the ministry of God's Word. You can also find out about our pastoral coaching opportunities with Daniel Henderson. If you have a question you'd like us to address, please email that to us at info at 64fellowship.com. Once again, I'm your host, Robert Naughton. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.